check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. So as you guys know, I like uh, fading the public, and uh, I think it was Monday night. No, it was Tuesday night. I saw a ton of tweets about this UNI basketball, and I was in a group chat, and there was a ton of chatter on UNI basketball. So I'm thinking, the public's on UNI basketball. Why not go big on Bradley Moneyline? And boy, did a brother get paid. I mean, whoo! That's a great hit, buddy. Like that, you sound like you made the smart and right hell, decision. Hell of a bet. Yeah. I, I'm just who would bet on who would bet on you and I to cover any spread at all? Like only yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Only an absolute idiot. Fool's it's, move. A fool's move. Did you guys see how they lost? Because I, I can break it down for you. Game's tied, like nine seconds left, I want to say. And Bradley's point guard just has it at the top of the lane, destroys the first defender. And then, uh, you know, help defender comes over, Euros him, wide open then, and just lays it in. I'm like, wow, great defense, you and I. Like, you guys really clamped him up there. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, I love I love fading the public. And, thankfully, the Twitter community was popping off. Uh, there's a very, uh, what I would call a Twitter celebrity, minor celebrity, uh, named Fuckside. I don't know if you guys know him at all. He's a niche micro celebrity yeah yeah i know i, I know the, the twitter account i don't know the guy personally. yeah yeah, yeah exactly i don't think anyone knows the guy personally i don't know yeah if he has a face i mean he done he's done some posts uh with a little thing over his face so we know he's kind of tall yeah that's all we can really see from the pics a little pale in my opinion we can also assume he's ugly with how much he covers his face oh for sure he yeah, has to be so, ugly as shit yeah, um that's tough but, and he he put a 10 units out on on you and i crazy. and i just couldn't i was like what like who and I've never seen this fuck side dude excel at betting at all. So I was like, this is he was on my fade list. And so when I saw him tweet, I knew I was like, all right, let's let's load the bank, let's take out a loan, throw it on Bradley. Plus 160 were the odds. Pretty good, pretty good odds. Yeah, and they, they won easy money. They were in they were in the lead almost the entire game, too. They slow, slowly blew it at the end, which you and I always likes to make a crazy comeback and then piss it away. Like get your hopes up, slam them down. It's a classic Vikings move, too. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to drive and get you in field goal range to win the game and miss the kick by a mile. Something about teams in purple and gold. Dead <laughs> <What>? ass. <laughs> oh, dead ass. Yeah. But so as you guys know, we're experts on everything. Well, first off, this is the High and Inside podcast. Uh, name's DJ Lutz, DJ Low 4422. And as always, join my two co-hosts uh, at Faye JT and at Alex Long 02. And we have an expert in NFL vaccine mandates and protocols and everything. And his name's at FayJT. As you guys know, Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards just got suspended, what, three games? Yeah. Yep, three games. And Aaron Rodgers never got suspended. And Twitter's just blowing up about how wrong this is and how unfair this is. And at FayJT is here to set us straight. So, Jacob, just explain what's going on and – yeah. Okay. Clear so, this up. The difference between Rodgers and Mike Edwards and AB is with Rodgers, uh, I think the big mistake he said was he said that he was immunized 
which was a smart move and is, you know, he wasn't vaccinated, but he was immunized. Um, he, it's never, it's not really talked about. Nobody says anything about it, but he's actually allergic to something in the vaccine, which makes him a high, very high risk for injuries on his, uh, with the vaccine. No. Sorry, I was not arguing your point. Dogs are barking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's actually allergic to them. Um, so he can't take those. He, he can't be vaccinated. It's just, it, it won't work. Uh, but what he does do is he takes monoclonal antibodies, which it serves protection for several months up to like 81%. So really not far from what the vaccine is doing at this point. I think it's like trending in the 80s in effectiveness and actually preventing it. Um, so he's like, he's do, taking steps to actually prevent it. What AB and Mike Edwards did was they actually used and faked and lied to the league, which Rogers really wasn't doing. He, he, I'm pretty sure he made them clear of his, like what he was doing and like the steps he was taking to be safe. AB and Mike Edwards just flat, flat out lied, paid $500 as an NFL player for a fake fucking ID. And it, and like, it was a lying to the league, which really got them in a lot of trouble. Um, Rogers may have had some small infractions like mask infractions with uh, the COVID protocols, but it wasn't nearly as big as Mike AB and Mike Edwards. Yeah, well said. I, I did not know any of this. I just saw all the slander on Twitter um, and I didn't know if they were going to make it a race issue uh, because it, it could be one. And so I didn't know what the hell was going on. But thankfully, we have our expert. Uh, Faye JT. Oh, yeah, don't worry. It will be a race issue and it will be continued to like, and they will use this in the future as like a reason why like race issues are in football and ignore the facts. Don't worry about that. But yes, anything to push an agenda, which not that there are, there are race issues other where, and there might still be race issues in the NFL, but this is not one of them. Uh, We're not saying that one is in the thing, but yeah, Uh, let's just, let's get, move on. Uh, College football. Uh, conference championships this week uh it's been kind of a wild season honestly uh and with the coaching carousel which we honestly should talk about that a little bit too but uh, any surprises from this season i mean obviously you see the championship games but any surprises any takeaways uh I, i'll just start off i don't think i think we all can say that we don't think that the iowa state busting was a surprise because nope. you called it and they nope. didn't really bust but they didn't exceed to their maximum potential <laughs> If that so makes sense. I, they were rated seventh at the beginning of the year. You know, that's, that's definitely a bust. You know, that, that's what that is. But they were – their bust potential is really high. It was like this is a boomer bust team, and they busted. Like, it's not really surprising. I called after they lost – like, whoever was going to lose the Cyhawk trophy was going to fall out of the top 25 for the next following weeks. Yeah. Iowa State fell out after they lost. Iowa flirted with falling out. I don't know if they ever did, but no, I don't think so. No, I think they hovered in, but yeah, no, only had like, two losses. Only had two losses, bad losses, but yeah, gross I, losses, gross losses. But I, yeah, no, Iowa State, they're just they are who they are. They play to who, like they, they play. It just sucks. They play. The thing is, Iowa plays who they're gonna play, but they usually beat them. They beat them three fourths of the time when they play a bad team. They only beat them by four. It, it's, you know, it's ugly. It's ugly. But they, they, but they, they win ugly against win. bad teams. Like, Iowa State's not good at winning ugly against bad teams. They lose those games, and that's why they're seven and four. Or they blow out the the bad teams. Like, yeah, or they fuck like up the, TCU. They shit on TCU. Yeah, they'll, they'll do it every now and then, but there's just too many times where it's like we lost to West Virginia, guys. Yeah, like, that, that one hurts. On. You know, like it, it's just it is what it is. I'm really confused on why Matt Campbell's looked at as a coaching prospect right now I, so highly. Like he's definitely brought Iowa State back to like a point of reference or two way point of re- reference, not even close to like anything they've ever had, but they're decent. 
but it's just yeah no they're seven and four so you can't really i don't know why you give them the notre dame job but yeah i was gonna i was gonna be my follow-up question is if you think matt campbell leaves to go anywhere because his name's been mentioned at a lot of jobs and he's a you know highly regarded coach uh which like you said is a little surprising uh but yeah it shows how bad iowa state is that they have a seven and four coach going almost going to like one of the biggest programs <laughs> in the nation <laughs> Links to multiple. It's, it's the ability to compete and do more with less. Yep. Yeah. The fact they were even able to get to preseason ranked number seven. Yeah. With a bunch of clowns from Iowa, and not even just a bunch of clowns from Iowa, the little brother clowns from mm-hmm. Iowa. Like mm-hmm. they're not even the best football team in the bummy football state of Iowa. Yeah. And it's like he made them legit. So it's like, okay, he's, you know, it's kind of one of those things, like, what if we give him actual talent? What can, you know, I think that's where that comes from. I don't know if he would succeed in that situation. I think he's a type of coach that succeeds with dudes with chips on their shoulders. I think that was Iowa State's biggest problem this year is they didn't have the chip on their shoulder coming in preseason week seven. Yeah. They had a little too much cockiness and swag and have to you know it's the same thing i said about iowa basketball when they started last year ranks fucking fifth or whatever yep. i was like oh this is only due for disappointment like i don't care how you know how good they were last year and how many returning starters they have similar to iowa state football this year it doesn't matter if all of a sudden the expectations are high yeah. you beat a lot of teams just due to that momentum and that fire that no one expects you to yeah because you're not supposed to you're not even you're not even supposed to compete and you come in there and beat them it's fucking coolest thing in the world mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it's like oh yeah this is supposed to be a close game but they're a lot more talented than you it's like oh fuck how, whoa, how do i do this yeah this isn't this isn't fair well like and i but i do think with him with like matt campbell i think his ability to like he rallies the troops. I don't know if it's really like an underdog thing or if it just like he gets his troops fired up. And like, so when he plays at West Virginia, they're really the same talent level as Iowa State. Mm-hmm. But he just, he has to like, motor, like get them over the edge where it's like, <coughs> if you give him a team like Oklahoma, for example, it's like, even if he's not, doesn't have them super motivated, they're talented enough on the field that they're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. like even if he's yeah, that makes sense like that's that's also like where i think he would be good at a, at a school like that but it's just like <sighs> we gotta be in west virginia <laughs> yeah that's just a must win yeah. Uh, yeah any other surprises from the football season though from your standpoint um michigan yeah definitely michigan finishing at two michigan michigan finishing top 10 quite frankly is a surprise to me Beating Ohio State is a surprise to me. I mean, I've consistently been a big hater of Michigan, and I think they've been garbage. I still don't know how legit they actually are. I'm going to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they're good enough to beat Iowa and win the Big Ten. But well, they I cover 10 and a half, though. That's a good question. I personally don't think so. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I tried explaining this. I think Iowa stylistically and like schematically and just the X's nose match up so much better against a run first run heavy mm-hmm. team. Like that's how Iowa plays. They play in the trenches. Yeah. Whereas Ohio state's like, no, nah, we're just going to outscore you. And then you're going to be forced to play a game. You don't want to play throwing the ball like we do. And that's when our defense capitalizes. And that's why their defense is generally decent. And also they have 
some of the best recruits. Like yeah, they're, they're top five every season in recruiting class. Uh, so I think that obviously does, you're going to get some defensive stars. I, I actually kind of, I don't know if we're going to do this on locks. I kind of have a counterpoint with the Iowa Michigan thing. I think it's actually really bad for Iowa because like, yeah, their Iowa's defense is good and they like, they, they can stop the run, but it's like Michigan's going to like, Iowa's not going to have offense when they play. It's like, like the, their defensive line is better than Iowa's offensive line. Like, like they're, they're going to win the battle up front and like, Iowa needs to be able to at least have a marginal or even counter one. counterpoint to that. Iowa hasn't have had an offense all year, and they've still only lost two games. And I'm we're not asking them to win two teams that are both going to be run heavy. Ten and a half's a lot. Yeah, I just possessions. I just I just see Iowa getting to the point where they're they're behind at any point, and it's like all right, so now we got Petrus or, P- or Padilla, and it's like all right, like it, and I can see it getting out of hand. At a point, like, 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 we're like, that is a scenario. Like, where I'm like, because, like, I like Iowa, like, because, like, they are a great team. I think they might be able to cover against Georgia ish, but I just think this team's really built really well around them. I just, yeah, I, I, I could see it getting out of hand. That's why I didn't want to bet on it at all. I was almost thinking going Michigan. See, I kind of want to bet Iowa and then the over because I see two scenarios. One, it's a 14 to six game. Iowa loses, covers 10 and a half easily. Or two, Michigan runs away with it and hits the over easily because the over is low. It's like forty some, like it's, yeah. it's incredibly low. Like if Iowa can get across ten points, Michigan will score thirty. So yeah. it's one of the, so I think that's a natural hedge, um, but I don't think I'd ever win both, which is why I don't know if I'll actually do that. But it's just a thought. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I I don't know. Michigan just Michigan played Big Ten football against Ohio State, and that's why they won that game. They, they, they destroyed them in the trenches, both defensive and offensive lines. Absolutely manhandled Ohio State. Um, really funny side note. I don't think I saw Big Cat's tweet. But he was like, if you want a competitive college football playoff game, throw in Nebraska against Georgia. Like, yeah. They'll find a way to lose by, like, less than seven. They won't win. No yeah. chance of winning. No, no chance of winning. But they will keep it close enough, and they'll lose by fucking seven. And it was just so funny because it's so true. Like, fucking yeah. – Three and nine. Put the house on, on Nebraska covering and put the house well, so on Georgia winning. Yeah, fucking parlay that shit, bro. And throw, yeah, that's, but yeah. But no, I think, I think I'll make a great point though. Both Michigan schools, major surprise. I mean, I think Michigan State's projected win total was like four or five and a half. Like it, it wasn't much. And they just kind of, they, they bounced back this year. They, I mean, they've been, the last time they were good that I remember was the LJ Scott year when they beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. They weren't even like they were like bad good that year. The, yeah, I, they were they were yeah. like bad good. Like where it was like it was like both like both Iowa and then were kind of like bad good. Yeah, where it was like it was like they're good, but it was a know, down year for the down big year. Yeah. yeah, it was a down year one. Like I think they had like Connor Cook or something for yeah. quarterback <laughs> and L J Scott. Like it wasn't a great. Well, L J Scott, I feel like only played that one game too, yeah. and just popped off, and then we never heard of him ever again. He yeah. was like a freshman at the time or a sophomore, never heard of him again. Uh, but yeah, the both Michigan schools were a major surprise. I think George has been like I, I said it. I said it at the beginning of the year that I think this is one of the best defenses we've seen in the last twenty five years. And I think throughout the year, Georgia just solidified that like this defense is legit. Like legit, dude. Like legit. Like all of those dudes are going to start in the NFL at some point. I feel like like that's how good they are. Now whether it actually, they'll play, they'll all play. Yeah, they'll, they'll play, play in the NFL for sure. Because yeah. like, bro, like what they've been able to do to teams is just insane. And yeah, and like I, part of me is just like you know Alabama has a chance. They do. You know, they, they got a chance. They yep. got a chance. They're always Alabama, but it's like Alabama's weakness right now is at their offensive line a little bit, and Georgia 
big strength is their defensive line. Yep. Like, I, it, I'm sorry, but like that's that's where the worst one. Like, but Saban can somehow out coach that much against Kirby. But yeah, and and just Kirby and that and the Georgia mental block of not being able to beat Alabama in this <clears throat> exact scenario. Mm-hmm. Like in this game, they've never been able to beat them. So it's like, can they get over that hump? I mean, t- t- the talent's there. Like, like I that that game will be interesting. I like Georgia personally, but I, I would not rule out the fact that Alabama could pull this off because they're just Alabama. And who yeah, knows? you can never rule Alabama out. Yep. Um, yeah, Georgia seems superior. They seem superior during the season. They seem superior right now. Like, they seem like the better bet. Another surprise team that I would like to call out would be Utah. Yeah. I mean, no one – they were expected to finish middle, of the pack, middle to bottom of the pack in a weak conference. And here they are, not only in the conference championship, but the favorite, a two-and-a-half-point favorite yep. in a conference championship against the team that started the season in the top ten, Oregon. Yep. Like, that's a, that's an impressive feat. Like, we talked about it on the podcast before the season started. Utah's just one of those teams. They're gritty. They somehow always manage to throw out a gritty team, and they did that again. Nine and, <laughs> nine and three, minus two-and-a-half against the good Oregon team. Like, tip of the cap to – fucking utah yep yeah and time, they, time and time again i think they were started out like five and three or four and three at one like they, they had a bad record at one point yeah. and then they shellacked oregon and since then they've been just rolling i think they have a really good defense and their offense just does enough you know just gets it done yeah. uh that game will be interesting baylor uh, baylor's been a surprise team for me baylor has been an eight they, yeah, they, they were one. insane this year they upset Iowa State at the beginning of the year, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Man. How Baylor, do we fucking lose the Baylor? Fucking yep. Baylor. Like, like, you know, looking back on it, I was like, damn, we went to overtime with Tino's number five for a bit? Shit, all right, I guess. But, like, yeah, no, I – yes. Uh, and then Okie State as well, though. Like, Okie, the, the Big yeah. 12 championship is just a surprise to me. Like, well, like, and they turn into, like, Big Ten teams, where they're just gritty run teams. And good defense. Good defense, gritty run teams. And it's like – all right, well, fuck. Like, I I guess those teams are good now. Mike Gundy had a great coaching performance. But. Yeah, no, I, I – The fact that Okie State could be in the college play. That's yeah, wild. that is wild. That, like, that, that doesn't seem right because I don't believe they're a top four team. But I couldn't consistently <laughs> tell you who is a top four team. Did you ask him? Oh, shit. Tatum, get up. But, like, I couldn't tell you who the top four are. But I know Okie State's not one. <laughs> Next minute. And I know they're not, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I 100% agree with that. And it's just such a weird Okie State team because usually they've had crazy good offenses. And this is not that. There's defense. They at least have some dude that, you know, they can, whether it's Mason Rudolph, Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba Hubbard. Justin Blackman. Yeah, like they've always had somebody. Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Yeah, but like this year, I couldn't name a starter on their offense. I, I really couldn't, and I feel like a poor college football fan for not knowing hardly anyone on the number five team in the nation. But I, they just—they're—they're uh, they're nothing to you know. They barely scraped by a shitty Texas team. They, you know, they got beat by Iowa State. They got beat by Iowa State or below average Iowa State, like. It's just like I don't know. They're, I believe they're only lost in the season too. Yeah, no, they're they're yeah, they're eleven one or ten one. 
It's yeah, it's been a wild season. Do you guys have any predictions for the college football playoffs? So obviously, I think we all think Georgia's going to win against Bama. So we think Bama's out, <laughs> so Georgia's in because I just don't think a three-loss Bama could no. will get in. So yeah, so Bama's out, Georgia's in. If Okie State wins, they're in. Three loss. It'll be three losses, wow. right? Because or no, only two losses. Two. Yeah, yeah, there'll be two losses, which is another yeah. side note to why I think Bama might be Georgia. And I know I'm kind of flip flopping here, but Alabama's most like badass teams or teams that finish the best are the one loss teams. Like if you look historically, I think of their like eight national titles or whatever it's been only like two of them, they were undefeated the whole season. Every other one they <clears> lost <throat> a game. We were like, how did they lose that? And then they just, so, it, but if, if Alabama wins, both Georgia and Alabama are getting in the college football class, but Alabama loses. So we got Georgia. I think Okie state's going to win. So Okie state's in there. I think then you have to put Cincinnati and yeah. then I think Michigan's going to win, so you got to put Michigan. Yeah. And if Notre Dame gets in the college football playoffs, it's like, bro, we barely put Cincinnati in this college football playoffs, and now we're putting it the only team. Dude, if, if it's Georgia, like, OP State, fucking Cincinnati, and Notre Dame, and Notre Dame, that's the worst college football of all time, like college football playoff of all time. Is there a possibility Iowa gets in? No. I've done the math. No, 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 no. 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 Iowa – two. Uh, a two-loss Iowa never makes it over a two-loss Bama. No. Ever. Never, not, even, not even once. That's not, not once. It, like, like, listen, they're biased, but they're not fucking drunk. Like, <laughs> like there's no fucking way. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. They would not do it. They would not fucking, no. But yeah, Michigan wins. They're in. Uh, nine, nine and three Utah is above Iowa right now. Yeah. yeah. If they beat. If they, if they, they won their championship game, they'd be in over Iowa. Yep. So you'd need, you'd need Oregon to win and knock it in, and then, yeah. It, you, see, you, Oregon you, would jump you need too. way too much. Yeah, it's, it would never it's happen. It's possible, and we don't want it. It's just disappointment. It, yeah, it would yeah, only yeah. be bad. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if, like, Oregon, everybody died on a plane crash, and Bama, same thing. Like, <laughs> Two teams just – Maybe – I think then they would pick Iowa over Utah. They, they would take that. They would take that for sure. Yeah. But, but like – Iowa's a ten-and-a-half-point dog. Like, I, yeah, I don't see them getting by that. So – yeah, look, it's looking like Michigan, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, and Georgia. I would, and I would be pumped if it would be Michigan, though. I would, I would love Alabama winning just for the college football playoff purposes. Getting like, both Bama and – Getting Georgia and Bama in there would be – yeah, because I do think they're probably the two best teams. Yep. Yeah, I'm, they're definitely two of the top four teams. I, I talk shit every year about like, oh, man, football's boring. Like, college football's boring because they do the same thing. At the end of the year, I'm like, if, if Bama and Georgia aren't in there, what are we fucking doing? <laughs> like, like, I don't care how many losses Bama has, put them in there. Like, I just, I know they're better than Oki State. Yeah, Oki State's not good. I don't feel good about putting they lost State Iowa there. State. I don't feel good about putting Notre Dame in there. Like, I'm pretty sure it was at home. I'd much rather have a two loss Bama in over Notre Dame, in my opinion. For sure, no doubt. Like, have Bama play twice. I don't care. Like, well, especially if Bama like plays a competitive game with Georgia and like loses at the end, that, 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 last second field goal. That's the thing. Like, where I'm like, I don't like Bama winning it if they actually win the first one because then beating them the second time is going to be tougher. But that but, match will be lit. But will be lit. But like, yeah, no, I just, ah, man, I really don't want Bama to not be in there. If they're not, I feel like Georgia just runs away with it. Like. And the games are just kind of like it because you got Michigan run heavy defense, Oklahoma State run heavy defense, Cincinnati, a solid defensive team. Not their offense is really isn't that good. And then you got Georgia. So like you have four teams that are all just 
run heavy defense. Like the games are going to be boring. Yeah. Like, unless you're uh, just a geek for good ass defense. Yeah. <laughs> unless you just get out of bed hoping somebody tackles. Big Ten fans. Are yeah. Lit. <laughs> They're so excited. Uh, so I do think like they need Bama in in order to make it interesting because then you have one team who's got that explosive offense mm-hmm. and then that Georgia Bama game national title the rematch round two like that that would be insane uh, but if anybody else it's, it's just not going to be interesting it's going to be like who turns it over more and Georgia doesn't turn it over and Georgia forces a fuckload of turnovers so it's going Georgia's way but Nonetheless, we'll see. We'll check in. Obviously, next week we'll know what it is uh, when we record what the college football playoffs are. So we'll be able to break in that. Uh, quickly, I just wanted to do a fantasy football check-in. We've gone a bunch of weeks without talking about it. But it's been a long season, and as always, it's a grit and grind. But, uh, yeah, checking in. How are you guys' teams doing? How are you feeling? Um, yeah. So I started out the year with Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown. And Amari Cooper, and they decided to be out for the last three weeks. Oh, and no. so I am down to four and eight on the season. I I need Jeremiah to lose very badly, but I need a soup to win. And I think he's going to throw that game now. No, oh, for sure. Most likely going to throw that game. So, uh, yeah, no, it's I'm not making the playoffs. Um, if I do win the constellation bracket, I will claim that I'm the real champ, and then create anarchy for a year and not pay up but i uh, well i feel like i've heard this story before <laughs> that year i scored more points than anybody in the playoffs every week i won fuck everybody but i uh, yeah no i fucking garbage to start the entire first half of the year you just didn't play half the year and then like oh i'm the champion yep no yep it's not how this works it's not that I didn't play. My fucking players literally did not play. <laughs> like, like you like, lost literally. a lot of games in the beginning, and those games came back to bite you. That's why you lost, and that's why I won. Backs hurt. Yep. And that people's champ. The downside to only having one league: if your team gets injured, like You're yours fun. has, your entire season's fucked. Whereas- I, I, I need. I realized this year. I'm like, I need to do two leagues next year. Where because like. I think any more than like three is iffy. More than that, it's like fuck. Like I'm yeah. cheering for every like red zone's electric because any play is amazing. Yep. The thing that I've noticed the most is like, like last week I needed Antonio Gibson to score 15, but if he scored 11 in another league, I lost. So I was like, I yeah. like I'm fucked. Like I'm gonna go one and one regardless. Like yep. if he doesn't score 11, and there's a chance where he only scores 12 and I lose both of them. So it's just like this is like that's why I, there's a perfect balance. And what I think did he three, score? I he lit it up. I think he put up like fifteen or eighteen. Nice. He, he put up enough to win me the one, but I lost the other. So it did kind of suck. But it, I mean, you know, I, I know I don't really get upset by that shit anymore because it's like I, I I'm in this many leagues. It's gonna happen. Just accept the reality. I just want to win the majority of them. Yep. Yeah. Just win the majority of them. But yeah, I know you're in a couple. Uh, yeah, I got I got three leagues going right now. So I got two ESPNs and then one Yahoo. Two, both my ESPN fantasy leagues, I'm five and seven in, which two both of them I'm two games out of first place. Okay. So like I still have a chance. It's Hell been yeah. Super fucking disappointing. I went big on guys that just have not panned out, such as Cortland Sutton, uh, Derek Henry. Oof. Who, He's been out. 
little things like that. But we are we're surviving. We're we're still in the hunt. We still got a chance, and uh, we're playing there. And then my Yahoo one, I'm actually in third right now, with a seven and five record. Inverse. So yeah, not doing too shabby there. I got three weeks left in that one, and that's with a bunch of my dad's friends. Which that one also I have. Derek Henry, I have oh. Darren Waller who just went down. Yep. I have someone else big that I had to cut. I was out for the year. I had Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins who haven't played half the season. But I'm surviving, baby. Yep. I'm, I'm surviving. That's all that matters. Cordero Patterson has been a huge pickup. It saved me yep. that one. I got him in our league together. Mm. I dropped uh the Williams cat, who now is a good back because Swift's out, but I was like, I, I think I'd made the right move in dropping him for Cordero, Cordero, whatever the hell his name is. But no, yeah, I'm in a fuckload of leagues, and other than like one, I'm in the hunt for the playoffs in every other one. But it's just, it's a grind, and I'm, I'm hoping to win two of the, two of the, two of the five. I'm in the play. I should make playoffs in five of them, so I'm hoping to win. At least two of those leagues. At least one. I have. To, I can't go over five. No, I can't make the playoffs in five leagues and go over five. That that will literally break me. Um, so we'll see. But on to other news. Uh, the Cubs have finally made a move that Al and I gave the uh, thumbs up or the green star or the hundred out of a hundred. Uh, they signed gold star. Yeah, gold star. Yeah, good call. Good call. Uh, they signed Marcus Stroman. The, he played for Toronto, I believe, and then played for the Mets. Uh, and we just like him. He's a big, uh, he's a big friend. Or he's a friend of Mike Studd because he played with him at Duke. And we, we are, uh, Mike, Mike Studd. was better. <laughs> That's facts. Yep. That's no, no roasting that. That's just facts. Yep. But yeah, no, we're big Mike Studd guys. So obviously we fuck with Stroman and Stroman's just a good, like, even if he wasn't friends with Mike Studd, I think, yeah, I feel like we'd still I, like. I'd be a big fan of Stroman, like. He fucking wears his heart on his sleeve. Like he gives his all every fucking time. He's five foot eight and just a little fucking G out there fucking doing the damn thing. Like, how can you not respect the man? Like he throws absolutely nasty shit without being overpowering. Like he yeah, he's such a respectable dude. Hell of a signing. He had an incredible year. You saw him in the fucking uh, World Classics in 2016. Like, he was lighting it up. He can definitely be that big-time pitcher. Like, he gets better in the spotlight. He's definitely – I just for the clubhouse standpoint, like, yep. he's, he's going to be a winner. He's not going to sit around and just be okay with tanking. So, I, I like it from that point. And I think he has a good mindset, like a good positive vibes. Like, you have a bad start, that's fine. You're going to have bad starts. Go out and make a good next start. And I think that positive, like, mindset can get to those younger pitchers. And I think he can really help in that circumstance. And I think, sure. I think it's a good calculated risk. Like, if he doesn't perform to his best capabilities, he's a four or five in the rotation. Uh-huh. And we need those guys. We need a four and five. You know, we need a one through five, actually. Also, the nice thing is it was only three years, 71 million. It was pretty, it was pretty good deal. The two yeah. pitchers above him in this free agent class got five years, like 150 plus million. Like, we got, we got him for significantly better value than anyone else. Yep. And his best case scenario, he lights it up, and he's our number one. Like, it, it's really a good risk, and it's a good move. It's it's the first good move I've seen out of the Cubs in a while. Um, but, yeah, no, figured we'd mention that because we're big fans. And then I don't know if you guys have heard anything about the MLB lockout. I've seen some tweets on it. I really haven't done too much research. Al, do you have any sort of idea of what's going on? 
I don't have, you know, like, I don't have any big information that's not out there to the public. Like, why I, no one even really knows what the main holdup is right now. The only main thing to note of it is that it's been mentioned it's not really a huge deal until about February 1st, February, March, somewhere in that area. If it's still not, if there's still no agreement that, like, this is, this is pretty normal, especially with COVID last year, yep. the last couple of years. The like, loss of revenue that year. Yeah. This is the murdered. first lockout since 94, 95. But, like, again, with the loss of revenue due to COVID, you know, they just, they were close to a lockout in 16. Like, this is, this is to be expected, I guess. This is no reason for panic. There's, and again, until February, March, if we get there and there's still, then we might be like, all right, we might not have a season. And that would suck. But as of right now, I think this is just normal business behavior yep. to try to negotiate the process, the negotiation process. Yep. That's that's really the only thing I have on it. Cause like I said, there's no one's even named any clear holdout for the deal, why a deal hasn't been done. There's just they're both trying to, you know, stick their heels in the ground and assert their side because of the massive change in the game the past couple of years and the revenue of the game and all of that. So. Yep. And I know AAA players are getting paid a little more and AA players are getting paid a little more. I don't know if it's their housing's now included or no, yeah, there was a, it's, it's like minor league players, all of them, their housing's paid for now. Yeah. Which it, I mean, that's so clutch for them because they're getting shipped around. So much. like fucking oh, dude, one week you're like, up the next week you're down, then, then you're up again. Cause someone got injured and then you're down again. Cause they're healthy. Like it, Trying to find houses as a minor league player, good luck. At first, I didn't think of it as that big of a deal when it happened, and I was just reading stories of, like, what minor league players were living in, and it was like, oh, yeah, no, like, why weren't you guys paying for this shit? It's not that expensive for you guys, like... Mm-hmm. Like, on the grand like, spectrum of revenue and what you bring in and what you're playing MLB players, this is the, a dot. This yeah. is a drop. Especially when you're market. playing minor league players, like, at least pay for their fucking housing, like... Because you're not paying them shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we'll yeah we'll see we'll maybe do some more research but like as I said it's really nothing to you know freak out about we got plenty of months to kind of figure everything out and we'll see at, at, when push comes to shove they're gonna have a season because there's so much revenue on the table that they'll they'll negotiate a deal but well like I said who knows maybe maybe we'll see the first I mean we saw COVID nineteen which that was the first in a while <laughs> like so I mean there's there's always first that can come. But people was really about to say just ah eh, fuck it on a season that year too. <laughs> they were like <laughs> they waited for like June to start it. Yeah no they yeah <laughs> they really did. Uh, do you guys? I I have one college football lock. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any. Um, I know there's a lot of games with not even a lot of games actually. There's very few games on the spectrum of a season, but uh, so I like, we mentioned it earlier, Utah is playing Oregon and originally uh, Utah was favored minus three in their first matchup and just slapped the shit out of them. I don't know if we're going to see that, you know, type of game again, because Utah just jumped them from the start and then Oregon had to play a different game. Oregon's more of a run heavy team this year than they have been in the, historically. Uh, and so then they had to pass and it just kind of fucked them up and they got blown out. I like the under here. I think Utah has a really good defense. I think Oregon has a solid defense. And I think both these teams are run heavy. I think it's at like 50 and a half right now. I just, it's going to be a low scoring defensive field position game. And I don't think that Oregon's going to get jumped like they did last game. 
And I, like I said, I think it'll be close. I, I really do like this under, and that that's my lock of the week uh, for the college football show. I don't know if we'll do a lock of the week this week because there's only 10 games, and we really haven't kept track of our records at all. It's just been kind of more of a bragging. Yeah, yeah, more for shits and gigs, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I guess do you guys have any bets you like? Um, I guess we kind of talked to Georgia. Uh, we're split on Iowa versus Michigan. I'm trying to think. I really don't know I, what to think of this Oklahoma I, I State Baylor. Okay, okay. Alabama plus six and a half. I I think that they're, they're going to be – it's going to be closer than that. It's going to be three. Like, I, I just don't see them – I think it's just going to come down to three. I think field goals are going to be kicked in this, so it's going to put it at weird scores. Either it's going to be four or three. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, and I just – either I think Bama has a real good chance to win in this too. So that's where it's just like, yeah, Bama plus six and a half. Getting Bama plus just any number. Any, any time you, any, anytime you see that, you're like, Bama plus six and a half. It's like, well, I, I mean, I'm uh, legally like, obligated. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I know JT will have quarries with it, but my pick here is Iowa plus ten and a half. Let's go. I, I, I don't see this Michigan team beating, blowing them out of the water by three possessions. I just don't see it. They've covered ten and a half twice this year. One was last week against Ohio State. So I think recency bias has something to do with it. Like they beat Nebraska by three. They beat Rutgers by seven. They beat Wisconsin by ten. You know, it's like their yeah. their 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 run style, their close, their Big Ten style of play mixed with Iowa's Big Ten style of play. I, I just think they're both really good defenses, really stout defenses. Not, Michigan has potential on offense to be explosive, but I don't think Iowa's a defense that gives up explosive plays yeah, like no. that. So I, I, ten and a half is just too many for me. I have, I have no quarries with it because when I first saw the line, my first thought was like Iowa giving up ten and a half, super unlikely. But it was just like the, you know the little betting demon inside of you that tells you to, to tells you to like ah fade with you versus thought like a little betting demon he just told me opposite like ah fuck yeah. it like like I'm like I'm like yeah because my my it's thing just is like on paper it's like eighth versus ninth in points per game allowed yeah it's like how is that gonna be more how is that gonna be a three possession game yeah it, like, that's it was, gonna be a defensive stalwart to me that's gonna be fucking seventeen thirteen seventeen ten yeah like I, I yeah I just have the feeling of just like I. To it, me, it, it getting out of hand to me the like, only way that covers is like a 21 10 yep you know it's still a fucking shit show it's still ugly as fuck but it just barely scrapes by yeah. and covers that bitch i don't doubt that they're gonna be the better team it, it could be that i like i expected them to lose ohio state so much that i'm like i'm like michigan's gonna do the opposite of what we expect right now where it's like they've shown us all year that they can barely cover and now they're gonna just 31 10 iowa mm-hmm. like you know like it's I, yeah i just have one of those feelings with them but yeah see this fade jtm <laughs> see I'm, I'm i'm on outside i think recency bias has so much to do with it like they just shellacked ohio state and iowa hasn't looked good this year so you're thinking 10 and a half they'll cover the season they'll win by 14 but i think with the way these teams stylistically play michigan can dominate the game like just dominate on all levels and still not cover 10 and a half because it's going to be so low scoring like Michigan dominated and it's just Iowa not moving the ball. Iowa gets one turnover maybe or one big play, kicks a couple field goals. 
and Michigan only scores 14. Like, I just – I think there's a way in which Michigan can be the best team, like, just far and away outplay Iowa and still not cover you, you have to because give a, of – A touchdown and field goal plus. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. which, which is – which makes that difficult. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Which, yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I do – That's, I that's do. my thinking on that. Yep. That's, and that's why I like – that's why I like Iowa there. And who knows? I, I feel like they, they rise – they – Iowa will play the, the best they can play in the game like this. Like it don't, just don't talk about Stanford. Dude. No, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say I, I literally <laughs> was I did I was literally just looking don't at him like I was like it. I was like I mean they nope. they've played teams ever. But that stylistically <laughs> is way five. different. I mean, no, I'm saying just like a, a Big game, Ten championship the game done. before that, and the team that made the college football playoffs. It was a fucking three point game, wasn't it? Yeah, like that, Michigan State. Michigan State drove down the field in the last drive, minutes, yeah. yeah, and scored a touchdown with no. as basically Michigan State got molly walked by Alabama, so it is what it is. But they might have covered a thirty-five point spread, <laughs> but in a bet on it, it might be. This might be one of the most boring championship games to watch, though. Yeah, like it, it's run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, like run, run, pass, like it's it's just, but. In those games, I think the team that's getting plus ten and a half uh, is just is just gonna win. And maybe Iowa scores a backdoor touchdown to cover. I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, ain't no complaints here. Uh, but other than that, like I said, I really don't know. I I, I think Houston is like a ten point favorite. I don't know. Let me check the odds on. Yeah. So I I do kind of like Houston to compete. Uh, I think Houston the, is a ten and a half point. Favorite. Yep. Yeah, so I, I like Houston there because they've played really well. And I, I, it's not that I don't think Cincinnati is good. It's just I think Houston can compete, and I think it'll be a closer game than people think. Uh, I just don't – I don't see – because I think if Cincinnati wins, they get in. So I don't think they need to blow them out, and I don't know if they can. Like, Houston's a good team. They, it's, it's really the polar opposites because Houston has a really good offense, and Cincinnati has a really good defense. So it's just going to be the clash of the Titans there. And that's why I think Cincinnati wins because in those games, defense prevails. It always does. It always oh. prevails. So I think Cincinnati wins, but covering 10 and a half, uh, I don't know about that. And then as we mentioned, the Oregon-Utah game, I like the under there. I don't want to choose a side because I, I really don't know. Oregon's a weird team. Utah's a weird team. Like, I just – I think no points are going to be scored. Uh, we talked about Georgia-Alabama. I'm trying to think that's all the champ- – oh, Oklahoma State-Baylor. I really can't get a read. If I were to bet anything, I'd bet the under there. I actually do kind of like that under, just because I think it'll be low scoring, run heavy. It'll be the Michigan Iowa State or Iowa game. They both do have top twenty five defenses, yep. which is surprising for Big Twelve championships. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a stalemate, kind of. Yeah, it'll be a little bit of a surprising Big Twelve championship. Not expected. Not what we're used to. The high flying action there, but I think they have the over under set to that already i think it's yep. like 46 and a half i don't think it's very high so mm-hmm. but it, it, is it oklahoma state like minus five ish that sounds right yep yeah so that's why I, I like i was like i, I could see oklahoma state winning by three like i really don't like the spread i'm not confident taking baylor uh plus five like i so it's like if you know if i had a gun to my head had to choose a bet i'd take the under but probably a stay away game like i really yeah. don't know what we're getting out that's of that i'm feeling Oh, I forgot the ACC. We got Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest, I believe. Um, I Again, the ACC has been whack this year. I don't even think either of these teams playing in this game is good. The ACC is just so bad. Like, North Carolina was supposed to be one of the top teams, played awful. 
Miami is supposed to be one of the top teams played awful. Clemson's supposed to be one of the top teams played awful. Like, I, I, oh, excuse me. I really don't know. This is kind of the similar situation. Like, I don't want to touch this. Uh, my only instincts on this game are I see a heavy amount of the public was betting on, I believe, Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is plus three. Uh, and so, therefore, I think it's one of those where Vegas is kind of telling you what to bet. Like, everyone wants to bet Wake Forest. They think plus three is a handout, so Pittsburgh wins by three. But, again, probably not going to touch that one. My take on this is right now it opened at 71 and a half, and it's at 71. If you can get it to, like, 70, maybe even 69 and a half, because 71 just seems insanely high. But if you can get it down a couple fucking points, I'd take it just for the pure entertainment of it. Because these are two garbage fucking defenses against some pretty talented offenses. Yep. Like number four and number three and points scored per game. Both bottom fucking 40 and points allowed per game. Top 10 in total yards per game. Top 15 in pass per game. And these are both teams, by the way. Bottom 50 in rush yards per game. Bottom 50 in yards per game allowed. Like, and then Wake Forest is a top or fifth overall in turnover differential. Like, this could be a very electric, a lot of shit happening. And just for that, and the way the over-under is trending, just because they set it high and, like, tick down a couple points, if you can get it at some value after it's knocked down a couple, just to be interested in this game of a bunch of nobodies, <laughs> like, this would be fucking insanely entertaining. So... If that keeps trending downwards at all, if that gets down to 70, the over is my move. I, no, that's a great play. The first time they played, I think the score was in the 90s, like if you add up their totals. Sounds so right. it's 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 going to be the exact opposite of the Big Ten and Big 12 championships. Yeah, like it's exactly. going to be a fucking shoot. Ain't nobody exactly. playing defense. I mean, first one to fucking 60 wins this game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I really do like that pick. Um, and I think for just strictly entertainment purposes, I'll throw a little on it. And then based on how far it drops, that'll kind of determine how much I throw on it. But that that over just seems too easy. Um, seems nice. Yeah. Sure. And it seems just fun. Like, oh, man, you got two of the best, like you said, two of the best offenses, two of the worst defenses. That is an ACC game. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be fun. So that, that over will be lit. Um, any other plays? Oh, my. Yeah. With his glove. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think USC has a game this week which I don't understand how um, they're playing. I don't even know who I think uh, California. And I'm just like, what, what, why? Um, but it is what it is uh, quickly though. Coaching carousel this season. I think I said it to you earlier. This is going to be the wild, one of the wildest coaching like off seasons we've seen. Cause I feel like they really are pretty, you know, predictable. And this year is just kind of wild with Lincoln Riley leaving Brian Kelly leaving. Uh, just thoughts on on the whole for the whole coaching carousel. I mean, there's plenty of dominoes to fall yet. Like we we're just yeah. getting into it. Um, yeah, no, I just well said. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna yak. That burp was big. But uh, no, it, Lincoln Riley leaving was insane. I I did not see that coming when it first came out. I thought I thought I thought it was like a prank tweet when I first read it. <laughs> I like double checked the at name and the entire handle, everything. It was just, it was bad. But no, I, that was a massive surprise. Brian Kelly, I was the surprise because he's done the same exact thing at uh, Notre Dame for the longest time. He, he's, he's reached his heights with that one. 
their academics are too high for them to get a top five recruiting class. So it, it kind of is <laughs> what it is. It's valid though. So it, you know, it, he's never going to get any higher than that. So leaving to LSU makes a hundred percent sense. He can definitely win a championship there. Ed Orgeron is not an amazing X's and O coach by any means. He's kind of a rah-rah guy. He's like X and O's. He's, a, he's an inspiration type of guy. Inspiration. Yeah. And he, he put out one of the best teams to ever touch the field at LSU. So with that 2019 with Joe Burrow and yeah, just mm-hmm. freaks. So yeah, it was, I, I mean, yeah, I, I personally, I, I respect Ogeron a lot. I think wherever he goes next, we'll be getting a very good coach. I don't disagree with them moving on from him. You know, he's there for what, like 10 years or something, six years, five, it was more than five. Yeah. Between five and 10 years. And it was like, sometimes you just need a little change, a little injection of something new. I do think he was a good coach though. That, that's the SEC though. Like, he, I think Ogeron knew it too. Yeah. Like where it's like, that's SEC. Like they're two years or yeah. They're two years removed from a championship and they fired him for a bad year. It's like, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. But I mean, like overall he's 67 and 57 or something like, or 67 and 50, something like that. And SEC when Alabama's dominating, like, yeah, that's solid. Yep. That that's, that's, that's really solid. You know, won a championship won a couple, you know, I think he's a good coach. I think he would be a – he's a guy that, like, I, I wish Texas would – I would much rather have him than Steve Sharkeesian. Yeah. A guy who – I would love for them to hire or draw. I, yeah, I would be like a guy who's never succeeded at any level, who's never made better out of his player. Like, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the thing with Sharkeesian is, like, he's always had top five recruiting class players. He already tried this. Where he tried giving him one of the best recruiting spots of all time. Yeah. USC and it didn't work. Whatever. My biggest thing was that was when USC fans were like, Yeah, good have fucking luck with that, buddy. Yeah. Like like after like the Arkansas at, game. Yeah, they're like, Yep. They're like, yeah, yeah, get used to that. I was like, Oh, I don't like that at all. Yep. Not a fan. So I don't know what's been mentioned, but the Louisiana Lafayette coach going to Florida, that's that's just a bold move. Like the SEC, you either win or you go. There's no – you get four years to rebuild. There's none of that in the SEC. But think about you what he's done with, with Lafayette, though. But that is a sunbelt school with low expectations. Like, in the SEC, it's win or go home. And yeah, but if you don't Urban produce, Meyer went to Utah. He was at Utah before he went to Florida. And then he lit it up. So that's what that, – that, like, I, I just think I, it's a huge risk. Yeah, like, I understand yeah. why you do it. It makes know, sense. Pac-12 is still a jump from Sunbelt. And, like, Louisiana Lafayette's not really dominating the Sunbelt. Like, they're still competing with Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina there. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, he's definitely – he seems to be a promising coach, but it definitely does seem to be, like, one step of a jump. Like, yep. I, th- I think there's – in my opinion – like, in my mind, I like – there should have been like probably one more school between there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I I don't know what you mean. Where uh, yeah, Urban that's... went, Urban went from like Bowling Green, you know, to to Utah, yeah. to Florida. Like I I get yeah. that, but like it, I don't know. I just 
Right. Florida's got to take a chance because they've done nothing for multiple years since Urban Meyer, which was. Like and they just they just tried Dan Mullen, who yeah. was an uh, inert SEC guy. Yeah. You know, like who you would expect. I, I see both sides of it for sure. Like they had to take a chance, take a risk on a guy. I just, I personally don't know if this is the guy for the reasons I stated already. Like, you didn't really even dominate in the Sun Belt that much. Like, I will see you doing more with less. But, like, you you got some athletes down there in Louisiana. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, you lose them all, like, any real athletes to LSU. You get the rejects, though. Yeah, yeah, you get the yeah. dudes who aren't smart enough, the dudes who have problems. Thing, yeah. Yep. Yeah, those those, those are go to Ju- Juco and then go to fucking LSU. <laughs> or they go to universities like <laughs> or they your... go to Juco and then go to Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah. I know, what, I know what you mean. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, like, even those dudes are like arguably better athletes than the dudes working at Iowa and Iowa State. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like skill skill players, not offensive line. Yeah, yes. Not yeah, like, but like, that's that's I don't, yeah. That, that, I don't that's more that. coaching. <laughs> that's like turning offensive linemen into like three stars into four or five stars. But yeah, that's more culture. Like that's they, what he said. Yeah. yeah. And I I guess yeah, that's just my thing. Like he he just seems like he's still up and coming. Like Another year or two of running the Sun Belt there, I'd be like, okay, this dude's legit. But it's it's been like two years, three years of competing in mm-hmm. the Sun Belt. Yep. <laughs> it's like now you're ready for a top four SEC school. Yeah. It's a it's a leap. How many it's how a, many years do you give him? Though? That's my thing. Like, how many years does he get? Because I feel like at the most it's two, and I feel like that's not enough. Like, I realistically think you need four years get your own recruits in there, instill your own culture. And then if you don't produce in that year, you know, fourth year. Yeah. I, it's, all, it's all relative. Yeah. So it's like, you got to look better than you did this year. Yep. That's true. It, it's, that's true. That's literally all it boils down to. You don't even have to have a better record necessarily, but you got to compete more mm-hmm. than you did this year. That's, that's, that's really all they look for anymore, which is, and it's, I agree. It's ridiculous. You got to have time to get your own recruits in. You got to have time to instill your own philosophy and have people, but you have you know, there's a year or two there of fighting and pushing back with you and the players, whether you're going to gain, whether you're going to earn their respect, whether you're, you know, they're going to buy into your philosophy and your system and buy into what you're saying or not. Yeah. And like that takes time to get like that. That doesn't just happen overnight. And it doesn't matter if it's been an established coach who's done it elsewhere. These kids don't know you. Mm-hmm. These kids don't care what you did 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago. These are fucking 18, 19 year old kids. Yeah. They don't give a flying fuck. They, they haven't watched football history. 90% of them. Especially so if like you lose two games right off the bat. Yeah, you, ha- yeah. you have to walk in. You have to earn that respect every single time. And that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen in one year. And so a lot of times, yeah, you do have to give them that time, in my opinion. And it's just it's just not given. It's a what have you done for me lately. Yep. Everything is that type of sport anymore. And I, I feel like I'm, like leash is the SEC is the shortest lead. Like you have the smallest amount of time. The, the, SEC, the big because, ones, the big ones. So like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt. We don't know who their coach is. Like, they, he might, they might have the same coach for the last 20 years. Yeah, like, we honestly don't know. And we don't care because they suck. And no yeah. one, yeah. So, so like, like, for the ones, the programs. LSU, Georgia, yeah. Florida. Texas A&M. Like, Texas, all, all the Texas schools A&M. that, like, want to win and, like, expect to win. 
when you go in there, like, like if you don't win, the fans are pissed. Like everyone's mad because they're used to their team always winning. Uh, that, yeah, that's why Oklahoma's fucked with their nose net coaching hire. Uh, yeah, that. And like I talked about this on the uh, gambling feud pod, but like I think people don't know how to look from both sides. Like from a fan's perspective, as an Oakland fan, I understand why you're pissed at Lincoln Riley. But from Lincoln Riley's standpoint, the dude just got paid. He just got a like a multi-million dollar house in California. Like he just got a recruiting base that's so much better for him. His location's better. Like what he did selfishly was yeah. the best move for him. He also got a much easier path to oh, competing. For sure. Like, yeah, and like like as a coach, like just smartly, you're like, all right, well, like I have to be Bama and Georgia every single year, or else. I don't make the playoff, and I, I basically I lose my job. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna get fired, or I can get in the get in the playoff, and like just football wise, it's easier to win one game than it is to play somebody year in year out. Yep. Win that game, have to win that game, and then win every other game past that. Like it's easier to get in and win those two than do all of that entire season. One hundred percent. So it's just like it's like he made a career move, guys. Yeah. Well, and that that's exactly it. Like I feel like coaches have to act selfishly. Because as soon as they don't produce, they're fine. Like, you're gone. You're done. You don't even have a fucking job anymore. So, like, they have to act in the best interest for themselves. But I feel like so many fans, like, can't under, like, just rationally understand, like, like why he would do that. It's like, dude, he, like, it was the best. It sounds sounds like he was really against the SEC move, too. Yeah. He didn't want to go. It was like, it was like, it was like, guys, like, I could get in with Oklahoma easy here Mm -hmm. and then we can make a run. Have a potential. Have potential. One game. Or, or, one chance. We, or we can get fucking shit locked and finish third every fucking year. And then, because we're still in Oklahoma. Yep. Like, you know, we still have to compete with Texas. All those Texas athletes, they're going to go to, you know, Longhorns or Bama and shit like that. And that's not far away. So it's like, oh. like the Longhorns. Yeah. I heard... No, 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 no. They'll still go to Longhorns. <laughs> it just won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but John Robinson's going to be sweet in a year in the NFL. Too but... soon. Stop. I didn't. I didn't mean a year for the fucking Achilles injury. Too I forgot about the injury. Too no, soon. I heard that in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> that was when you really crossed the. Yeah, yeah, but it's just at the end of the day, they got to do what's best for them, and it might not be the best for the university. But I, I think Lincoln Riley's going to get paid, and I think he's going to do well at USC. I think he, he's bringing over his number one quarterback recruit and his number one receiver recruit are both coming with him to USC. So it's like, bro, this guy's going to start something at USC that we haven't seen since Reggie Bush. Yeah. Maybe a couple years in there where, where they were kind of good with Barkley or whatever the fuck. Or, I don't even know. They've had so many, yeah, like, he, average. He did what every smart coach who leaves does. He texted his recruits before. And he's just like, hey, let's you know. Yeah, let's get no, the fuck out of here. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell anybody. Don't tell <laughs> don't anybody. But let's but, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to, you're going to LA. Yeah. We're going to party. We're going to turn up. No student's going to disagree with a full ride to a school in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, and just recruiting base, like, there cannot be that many good recruits coming out of Oklahoma. Now, proximity to Texas, obviously, that's a benefit. But, but to have all of California, like, if you when you think of California teams, USC's got to be the first one with a close second. Not a close second, but UCLA's got to be close, obviously. But, like, California, USC dominates. Like, yeah. they're, they're the number football, one team. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Basketball, yeah, you turn to UCLA. But football? Yeah, recently and it's then tight. just historically. It's yeah, it's it is tight. It is tight. But I just – I think it's such a smart move for him. And, yeah, the Oklahoma fans that are, like, pissed and, like, I fucking hate you. You're the fucking – it's like, bro, 
respect what he did for your program, bro. Like he, he like oh, I'd be I, I see that's the thing I understand it because I'd be like, yeah, kind of, like oh. if Campbell left, I'd be like I'd be like, dude, you said you were good till twenty twenty eight. We got damn it, man. Like, we would have paid you. Like, the thing is with that, like, Oklahoma's been good for so long, but, like, Iowa State's like, man, this is our one, like, he, he's made us actually good consistently. Rose did it one year. Like, we were really happy with that. We were going to sign up for a lifetime. <laughs> like, you know, and so. My my boss is an Iowa State fan. He made the joke that Ference was going. I'm like, dude, Ference ain't going anywhere. Like, dude's got a cush lifestyle, a cush, like, cush schedule. And he knows yeah. he can get seven wins every single season, and he ain't going anywhere. As long as he beats Iowa so, State and Nebraska, that so, dude is locked in for life. I looked up something because I heard, you know, like the most like offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they come from the states with the highest obesity. That's funny. And I looked up the map, and it's all like southern states, and then it's Iowa and Wisconsin. It's it adds up. It adds and, up. And, and then I was like, I was like, yeah, it makes a lot more fucking sense now. Like, we got the beef in Iowa, we got the fucking cheese in Wisconsin. Yeah. No. And then all the southern states. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's like Illinois is fine. Like, Minnesota no, is fine. Not, South Dakota, North Dakota, they're, they're fine. Pussies, but yeah. Iowa and Wisconsin, they're only two of the north. So that fucking have the obesity one. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we got about 10, 15 ish minutes left, so we might transition to a couple would you rather ones. I know we've kind of done it sporadically. Um, let's choose one here. Okay, I kind of like this one spectating. Would you rather watch the Super Bowl, like be live at a game spectating the Super Bowl or any other championship game? I'll now, you, I'll let you guys go first. We're going to assume you have great seats. Okay. Um, do we say your team's yep. not in the game? I was going to say your team or random teams. Your team. I w- your I, team? I, I say your team. Because then, then it's like the, the best it could be. Like like any peak, any sport. Yeah. Or a, peak, it, 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 it's peak experience. Yep. Then I would say the World Series for sure. Watching the Cubs win a World Series would mean the most to me. I don't really have an NBA affiliation. I mean, I'm kind of tied to the Celts. The Vikings are just going to lose the game in a dramatic fashion, and I'm going to want to kill myself afterwards. So I, I don't want to do that to myself. Um, so I don't want to do the Super Bowl. So yeah, I'd go Cubs, uh, and I think it'd be epic. I don't know if you just go to Game Seven, assuming it's Game Seven, or how that would all work out. But watching the Cubs in the World Series would be lit as fuck, uh, in my opinion. But I am a baseball guy. I'm gonna go. This actually, is such an obvious answer. Okay, go ahead. No. no, I'm actually gonna go the uh, what's it called, Champions League final. Ooh. So for Liverpool, if they were to win, um, mainly because. I've watched I've watched that for them actually win that before and then on top of that they're like the scene there is fucking insane like like they, they do it like it's the Olympic opening night like it like the scene there is insane like people are like lighting a fire in the crowd it's fucking nuts nuts and like so I, I just think as an experience like I've watched the Patriots win multiple yep. at this point it's not like a big breakthrough or anything crazy it's not like a first time in my lifetime that I really remembered like I've seen them win it multiple times don't have an MLB affiliation or anything like that. So I gotta go. Yeah, no, that's Champions good answer. League final. Dude, soccer everywhere else is so like important. Like, you, yeah. you wear that on your sleeve, literally, as a fan. Like the I think the energy there will be would be it's so it crazy. Would be that, more than any other American sport, yeah. for sure. Singing the entire time. Oh, like, yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. I think mine would be it'd be tough. It'd be a toss-up between the Cubs in the World Series would probably be my number one choice. Watching it would be. <laughs> just because the goosebumps that 
October baseball gives you, mm-hmm. especially with the Cubs fucking long drought that they've had and like, you know, obviously it's broken, but still one time in a hundred and some years ten plus years now is like it's still there there's that little bit of magic there. And so that would be next level. But at the same time, I think being there for a Celtics championship oh. would be fucking dope. Just the energy in a basketball stadium. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Game seven. Inside. Oh my. Like, uh, it's just different. You get fucking cagey yelling anything is possible. Like, dude, that'd just be so hyped. Whereas, I don't get me wrong, I love the Broncos to death. I'm just personally not a fan of watching football in person. I, I really prefer the TV screen and the angles to be able to see Replays constantly. what we're working with there. There's just so many moving parts, whereas baseball is slow enough that it's perfect. Baseball, it's, it's such a great atmosphere. It is. I love watching baseball games. I could watch any two baseball games at the fucking ballpark. There's really no bad seat, like, no, at, at most parks. You're just fucking chilling, vibing. You get a crack at the bat. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And then, yeah, Celtics game would just be next level, but... If those, you know, those, those would be my two, I guess. I can't really decide. Two good... All three good good options. I guess you do uh, Adesanya UFC championship win. If if you were there for the for, for the Whitaker one oh, when he knocks him out and fucking, fucking insane, yeah. Finishes him like oh, I would have gone nuts. Yeah. And the crowd's going nuts with you. Like yeah, that, that would have been insane. You got a sure. you got a massive okay. wager on him. Like either I'm house. gonna be homeless or we got two houses. Or we're partying with that tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll do one more here. Uh, I'm trying to figure out any of these stand out to you guys. I'm thinking more of these later ones. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'll try and fill the, the void here while we're thinking with just my personal thoughts on life. I like the AP versus LT one. That one's okay. Fun. We, we run that if out. If, it's fine with me. Okay. Yep. All right. We'll do this. We'll do the Adrian Peterson LT Prime. Which one would you rather have? Uh, I don't really want to go first. I feel like my answer is the most obvious. I feel like it's kind of obvious. I think we're going to hit three for three on AP here, personally. And there's no disrespect to nope. LT. And no. Dave, Dave's no. going to fade us. Um, let's let's spat it out then. Uh, yeah. Al, you go first. And then I'll, and then Jacob can go and then I'll go. I think AP is the best prime running back of all time. Yep. I think Adrian Peterson was next level. He would make really, really shitty teams and shitty offenses and shitty offensive lines. Yep. And he would put them on his back and make them competitive when you can't really do that from the running back position. Like you, you have to have a solid squad around you. You have to have some receivers to take the pressure off. You have to have at least a quarterback capable of running some play action and taking the top off. You have to have a decent offensive line. And he just had none of that for not one, not two, (laughs) but his entire career. And is still argued as one of, if not the best running back of all time. And like, I just remember, like, I wasn't even, like, a Vikings fan, but I hated the Vikings back then. I was As young. You and, like, now I'm kind of gaining respect for him, just having to watch him so many times with all my friends. But, 
seeing what like, they go through yeah exactly yeah, seeing easy. the pain that they go through like there's no reason to kick kick the fellow while they're down but back then i hated them still and fun. it was still impossible to fucking <laughs> impossible to deny i was like this dude's just next he'd, he'd go into a fucking pile of fucking eight nine dudes and all of a sudden he just spurt out the side and run fucking 80 yards down the sideline like how the fuck did you come out of that and he'd do that once a game yep for three straight years at least and it's just like fuck man this dude's insane whereas like lt was in broncos division and it's just like ah, he, incredibly good he had philip rivers his entire career to take a, a lot of pressure off like philip rivers was still game planned a little more for the passing game than you did for like don't get me wrong you you prepared for lt but I, it, it helps having that quarterback it helps well, yeah that, you know, take pressure yeah off. you go you go next i just want to say that philip rivers is better than any quarterback that's Adrian Peterson had other than Brett Favre. That I, I was going to say, I was going to say, it, other I was than, like, I was like, all right. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to acknowledge it. But no, yeah. yeah I, counterpoint to Al, and then I'm going to counterpoint your ass, and then we're going to cut it off before you can counterpoint my counterpoint to your counterpoint. Go. Okay. So, first of all, I'm going to say, say that I think Adrian Peterson is the greatest running back that's ever graced the field. I like uh, that. But I look at this circuit from a winning perspective, and LT allows you to do both running and passing. He can spread the field in both ways. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Peterson couldn't catch the a cold in Antarctica. He fucking was a one-dimensional back in his time. Now, could he break, no matter what, he's going to break one for 65 plus. That's seven points. Congrats. That's about it. So they would, they would win a lot of games. They would lose a lot of games, but they would have, you know, 10 points on the board from a field goal and an Adrian Peterson long run. I now LT did have Philip Rivers. I just think LT is more of a dynamic back where he can spread the field and bring it back in and run. He could do both incredibly well. Uh, that's why I just look at it from like an offensive perspective. I'd much rather have LT in that way of just like, like he he was he was a first like real cat pass catching like centric like where it was like he could have been all purpose yards kind of guy. He was almost ahead of his time. He was aspect. almost yeah in that aspect. Um, so I'm looking at it like when he was playing back then, where yep, it's like yeah. you, you can spread the field both out and back in. Yeah. Um, obviously, I still think AP is the greatest of all time. I just knew that these two were most likely going to pick AP. So I was yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to create it. Yeah, yeah. I, was say, I, I get that. But at the same time, like my, my thing would be throw AP on those Chargers teams. And dude, he'd light the world on fire. <laughs> like, you yeah. give him a competent, like, competent quarterback competent offense offensive line i want to franchise no offense dj the chargers are a whole lot better but they had some defenses there they had again having philip rivers there for that entire time was just a game changer as opposed to tavares jackson or christian yep you got him fucking they do these fucking rum dumb Brad Johnson, they had a rejects. Year, yeah, they had a year of. Yeah, they like, had like uh, everyone in their mother <laughs> knew Adrian Peterson was getting the football before every single play, and he still put up two hundred yards on your ass. Like, yeah, that's just insane. That's so insane to me. Like LT couldn't do that. But like the the reason for a year, the reason yeah. I like because like I I do agree Gus. like like what he did with Les was like yeah I, that, mm -hmm. that's a good point it was just like but like it was like LT was good for basically I'm pretty sure like about the same yards as AP was good per game 
you know, like it, it just was a better offense. Like, yeah, but like, it was just like, it was like, you know, he's going to get more yards than AP most of the time because he's going to get receiving yards. He's going to get rushing yards. And it's just like, it's still more offensive production because he can do both. Yeah. Like where it's like, it's going to break about the same. So like, it's like, it's like, yeah, you, you did get all those yards, but it's just like, it, you can only do one thing. So like, I'll give you credit. LT definitely was two dimensional, whereas AP was one dimensional. It, it was the craziest thing to me because I watched AP catch like four balls when he was on the sideline. They were literally, you know, when they throw him away on the sideline, I, I, four might be a stretch, but at least two times I watched AP just snag it when he was on the sideline. Yeah. And I got so pissed. I was like, dude, we throw a simple screen pass to you when you drop it every single time. Yeah, if we could just run, hit it like a run fake screen to you, it's gonna go for forty five. Please catch it. Yeah, like, but he couldn't. He couldn't in in game. That dude couldn't catch a ball. You throw him on the sideline, got the best hands in the league. Wild, wild. But he did. Uh, but for the argument pro AP. Yeah. Well, oh. One more, one more argument, real quick, for counter argument to JT's point. That's just my thing. Is I think if you throw Adrian Peterson on the Chargers, I think he gets more yards than he did on the Vikings and more yards than LT did on the Chargers. His biggest yard year wasn't with Brett Favre, who was his best quarterback and who was a really good quarterback. I, he was 40-fucking-three. But he saw, Brett Favre was a really he good – He had a good year that year because he had the league's best running back. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's a, like, yeah, but, like, that's what I'm saying. And like, a solid he, defense. Like you said, you said if good. he had a competent quarterback. Brett Favre was 100% a competent quarterback. More than that. But that years. team had their best year. Like, you're talking about LT being more of a winner. But he like, said more yards, and I was like, that's not Adrian Peterson's best yards year. So that's not really fair. But he wasn't fed as much well, that, because that, they that's passed because it. That's because that's the argument you brought up. It's because they put up the same amount of yards. You know, LT's combined yardage of passing and rushing, and Adrian Peterson's just rushing. I think if you throw Peterson on the Chargers, you can take away even his third downs and throw in a pass catcher. Pass catcher Chester Taylor. Those. And he's still like, I think he's puts up more yards than he did with the Vikings because that offense was more, they didn't have, the box wasn't loaded with nine dudes per play. <laughs> you couldn't, but that's literally how it was on the Vikings. Everyone and their mother knew what they were running. Everyone, every single play. Yet it still worked. And it didn't, and it didn't matter. I guess, yeah, no, I'm just, I, I was just confused. Like the, when he did have a competent quarterback, that wasn't his biggest yards years. But like, but like, from a, like, I, I, like that. That's where I'm confused. Like, where it's like, it's like, okay, so when he did have that, when he didn't have to load the box eight plus, those weren't his biggest yards years. So like, I don't know how you can say accurately that like, if he was on a team with a common quarterback, he was, but he didn't perform as you had said he would. It was a one season stint, and get, again with a 42 yard quarterback, yeah. he clearly didn't have the same arm strength he did. And so the box was still able to be a little bit lower yeah. and still the game was able to be like, that's not, you, that's not the same as Philip Rivers for a career, bro. Yep. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. like, come on, man. That's not the same. You know that. Jeez, yeah. don't need to throw me. <laughs> no, but like, I mean. Like I, the Brett Favre's final season is not the same for Philip Rivers for a career. Like for his career. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and then, like, I think the reason why he didn't have his highest yard season is because they were a little less one-dimensional, and that's because they finally had a competent quarter. But I think, like, on a per-yards basis, on a touchdown basis, I'm still – like, he just didn't get as many carries, I would assume. But I I don't know. That was their most winning season, and the reason why was because Brett Favre could lean on the run. Because which, they, they had both aspects of an offense finally. Yeah. 
but at the same time, like the same reason the Chargers were able to win. Like they had a quarterback and running back. You have both aspects of it. Okay. I like, yeah, it, like, it I, might I, have I, not been throw, as high as throw, yards. Throw, throw LaDainian Tomlinson on those Chargers teams with Javaris Jackson. Or now his patch – like, yeah, yeah. on the Vikings. His patch catching abilities don't matter. Because he's not getting the ball Because it doesn't matter with Tavares Jackson or Christian Ponder. Like, I, he's not – with all 12 of them in the box and those dudes not being able to throw it downfield and stretch the field, you can't check it down. Like, that's, that's just what I'm saying. Like, you can't – he could do things that those other dudes couldn't do. I, I, I just don't think it's the same. I, I, I'm sorry. He – you throw LT on the Vikes, he can't do what AP did, but you can throw AP on the yes. Chargers and he can do basically what LT did. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. No, like, sure. no, yeah, yeah, no. That's a good way to put it. That's... Yeah, no, I, I was definitely tripped up on the whole, like, because I was like, well, you're getting caught on the semantics of he didn't actually have his highest yard year with Brett Favre. No, it was that if you gave LT a, or if you gave AP a competent, like a competent quarterback throughout his career, not just that was never said. It was if you give AP a competent yeah, quarterback, we're going to get like, really nitpicky. prime. That's not like I was. Uh, we, we've moved past that. Uh, we, we've clarified yeah. that we mean for an entire career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't need for to sure. continue to bounce back for it. This has, this has been one of our better debate ones. <laughs> we did. But no, all I'll say, I didn't really, yeah, all I'll add to it is like, not only was AP like elusive, but he was powerful too. Like you didn't know whether he was gonna just break you with a juke or run through you. Yeah, like you literally didn't know that because he could do both so well. And then on the flip side, Al kind of mentioned it. AP was good for one massive play a game, and at least one. yeah, at least at least a minimum. And the funniest thing, and a little side story here. But every time AP would bust one off, my dad would come in from doing chores and then he'd start yelling at the TV, he'd be like, oh, go, go. And my mom would be like, Thomas, like, why are you yelling? But he always timed it up and he came in right from doing chores, looked up, <laughs> the Vikings game's on, and he'd start just yelling, like, go, hit the hole. And it was just, it was comical because I don't know how he timed it. It's the timing's weird, but I just, his ability with a uh, career significantly below average quarterback and below average offensive line like for career to put the stats up that he did is literally insane um and again it's no disrespect to lt like lt was great lt was amazing but i mean we're we're debating goats here like who's the goat or who's the best out of these two uh so yeah i I think he was spot on with like he was far ahead of his time like he was Basically, Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey. LT. Yeah, no, like, like with the who who created all-purpose yards? Was it Chris Johnson or Jamal Charles? I think it was Jamal yes. Charles. Yeah, like where they created it. Oh, I'm like uh-huh. LT was the first with that, where yeah. it was just like you did it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'd give you that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that that that'll wrap it up for our uh, Would You Rather. Uh, Probably one of our best ones back and forth. Uh, that's that's just typical around here, getting into those types of debates. Uh, it's just we're you, master debaters. Yeah, yeah we're, master we're master debaters, and it, personally, it just makes you better to be able to debate um, like that in a critical way. You know, you, you say something stupid, you get checked. Uh, it's just what happens. Uh, so to present some of that in a podcast format. Uh, it's not easy, but we'll, we'll, we try to do it. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the show. As always, we got Faye JT uh, to my right. He's good for one banger tweet a week, sometimes more. I mean, what was your most recent one? 
Oh, do you remember? You said sent two of them in a row when I was doing the podcast. Do you remember either one of those? Oh my god, it was so oh, fucking. Biden's gonna be hanging Christmas wreaths on the kids' uh, table <laughs> on the kids' cages this year. Gold, gold. This dude's good for one good gold tweet. Uh, and then yeah, you can follow me at DJ Low forty four twenty two. And then as always, we got at Alex Long zero uh, two. Uh, so yeah, follow us, check our Twitter page at Hein Inside. Sometimes we post pics, sometimes we don't do anything. I mean, it's a real hit or miss. We're, we're busy people. We got stuff to do. So we don't we don't live on Twitter like some other people. We're not gonna name names here, guys, but you know who we're talking about. Uh but yeah, as always. Y'all stay high inside. <laughs>